When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. It's October 4th, 1983, and another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by Aria, Rebecca, and Ali, the Retrospectors. It was on this day that the good people of Clearwater, Florida, had their first exposure to cleavage and hot wings at the same time, (laughs) because the first branch of Hooters, the classy, sophisticated, and not at all low-rent beach bar chain, (laughs) flung open its doors. And so convinced were the guys behind the chain that it was going to fail, that apparently they had incorporated it on April 1st in the same year, because they just thought that this would be the most hilarious April Fool's Day joke to kind of set this restaurant up. And yet it went on to open 425 stores across 30 countries, including, interestingly, China, which I thought would be against this kind of Americana in particular. And actually, it probably wouldn't have become this international phenomenon if it hadn't been taken over the year after it was founding by Robert H. Brooks. He really brought it to this place of being this massive cultural reference point in the United States. And he ran the company up until, I think, the early 2000s. He died in 2006. And get this, in a fitting tribute, the chain's 2007 swimwear calendar was dedicated in his memory. That's lovely. (laughs) (laughs) We're talking as if it was a surprise hit. I know in retrospect, these things are easier to deduce. And the whole concept of a so-called restaurant is abhorrent. But at the same time... (laughs) Waitresses that look attractive wearing clothes that objectify them in a sort of quote-unquote manly environment serving easy access food that isn't expensive, that doesn't seem like a hard sell. All this kind of stuff about, oh, the six guys that started it were so certain it was going to fail. I mean... I think they knew they were on to a winner with this. And it was the 80s. You know, you were down in Florida and you could imagine how this particular aesthetic and a holiday community could contribute to something that, well, turned out to be the success that it was. Yeah, it's a very Baywatchy kind of look, isn't it? Although it actually mm. predates Baywatch. Mm. But it's the skin-tight white vest, it's the orange sport shorts, and they used to have to wear sort of ruffled sports socks, although apparently that's no longer a requirement. Although they also have to wear tan-coloured tights under their shorts, which doesn't really seem as beachy, but obviously gives you the appearance of having flawless sun-kissed legs, which is very important. The, the event that actually changed their fortunes was in January 1984 when Tampa hosted the NFL Super Super Bowl and John Riggins, a star running back for the Redskins, went to eat at Hooters the day before the game and then after the Super Bowl 
took his teammates back to Hooters for a midnight snack in front of the the world's press, basically. (laughs) And, you know, you can imagine the photos were good. Like, that was on the front of every paper in the States. You couldn't buy publicity like that. Yeah, and then there's a uh, Hooters casino that opened in Las Vegas in 2006. There was a TV show. There was a radio show. There was an airline. I mean, this brand... The airline was nuts. I mean, that was Let's just take a moment to appreciate the (laughs) short-lived Hooters Hubris. That's what they should have called it. <laughs> it ran from 2003 to 2006. It attempted to bring the Hooters experience to the stratosphere. Mm. Uh, on each flight, it was actually operated by a real airline called Pace Airlines. Two uniform-clad Hooters girls would appear alongside, you'll be pleased to know, a regularly dressed, fully trained cabin crew. <laughs> what a shame. There's so many opportunities for exits are here, here and here. <laughs> <laughs> they're like yeah for legal reasons we really can't have any innuendo in the safety briefing thank you <laughs> can i paint you a delightful visual picture please oh Jeez. absolutely this this comes from may 2003 and it may be the most 2003 thing you can imagine <laughs> hooters launched operation let freedom wing Oof. to entertain u.s troops stationed in afghanistan pakistan kyrgyzstan uzbekistan and qatar the show ended and i want you to imagine with the girl group uc3 singing anywhere usa accompanied by six flag-waving hooters calendar girls <laughs> sporting hooters official military appreciation uniform which featured camouflage shorts and a tank top with weapons of mass distraction on the back <laughs> so bad. there's some great details there i mean i'm really torn on the degradation aspect because i i totally understand from a feminist point of view that having a restaurant in which women and only women are objectified mainly for the pleasure of straight men is undesirable uh, and sets a precedent for particularly young girls of saying this is what women are in society that is not something you would expect to find in a family establishment on the other hand like it's the classic kind of page three thing isn't it at this point after decades the women who are choosing to work in a Hooters know what it is. And yes, they are flirting with the customers to get more tips. And yes, it is a sort of soft porn version of a lap dancing club in that sense. But that's the job. Everyone who goes there knows that's the environment that they're going to be in. And so these things about kind of, you know, I was made to feel belittled when I was in this environment, have comments about my body, which I shouldn't be exposed to when I'm working in a restaurant. Yes, but you are working in a Hooters. I mean, it is literally a restaurant that is named after your boobs. The employment contract for Hooters basically acknowledges this. It says, The Hooters concept is based on female sex appeal, and the work environment is one in which joking and entertaining conversations are commonplace, if you can read between the lines there. (laughs) I think that, for me, is where the objection comes along, because there's the objectification argument, and that's like a classic choice feminism debate. You know, is any choice a woman makes of her own free will feminist inherently or can women be making their own choices that actually harm women as a whole that's kind of a debate that will probably go on forever for me the uncomfortable idea is this premise that 
these women have been chosen for their looks. They've been dressed in skimpy, you know, tight-fitting outfits. And then they're being asked to serve patrons who have access to a bar. But obviously, you know, don't harass them. Mm. Don't overstep any boundaries. That would be terrible. And we know from human nature that that is not going to happen. So that, for me, is where it becomes a bit uncomfortable, is that it's almost guaranteed that anyone who works there will experience customers overstepping the boundaries. Mm. And also building it straight into the contract, terming it, joking and entertaining conversations just creates this really blurry line that you could easily imagine people going well I feel like that was sexual harassment and then they point back to the contract and they go well you agreed that you'd have people direct this sort of chat at you and so yeah it's kind of this baked in defense that is very uncomfortable and it's worth noting as well that the majority of hooters establishments are franchised so the owners can set their own standards for the appearance of the waitresses so that has led to quite a lot of discrepancies so a lot of the things that you might read about you know this is what you have to do when you work at hooters probably only occurred in maybe one or two restaurants Mm. but there were rules about things like you could only wear nude colored nail polish you could never wear your hair in a ponytail only ever down so there are lots of examples where individual owners have used their initiative possibly in a misguided fashion to try and set up their own preferred standards for the appearance of the waitresses. Gen Z, I think, find it hard to be outraged by Hooters. Uh, That's the thing. I think, like, millennial feminists were outraged by Hooters and now it's just kind of like yeah okay do it if you want but it's just a bit outdated and it's just like I don't want to go because it makes me feel awkward Mm. rather than anything else yeah it's really selling a strangely sexless kind of sex appeal it's very wholesome it's it's the hot cheerleader but she's always at arm's length I mean the other reason for Hooters gradual decline is the launch of other restaurants including Tilted Kilt and Twin Peaks can I tell you something about Tilted Kilt that you'll like (laughs) go on (laughs) <laughs> when my grandma and her sister travelled to the United States to visit their other sister who lives in Naperville, Illinois, mm-hmm. one thing that they noticed that bothered them was that in America, deep in the suburbs, it was very difficult to find anywhere within walking distance to go, yes. basically. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just rows and rows of houses, isn't it? So they, you know, were going around looking for anywhere they could go. And my grandma, when she came back, <laughs> told me with a completely straight face that they had eventually found, would you believe this? Because they're all Scottish, by the way. This is an important fact. They were all born in Dundee. And she said, you will never believe this. I found a lovely Scottish pub. <laughs> she proceeded to tell me. That she told me it was called the Tilted Kilt. Now, I had never heard of this chain. And I looked up thinking, how funny that there'd be a Scottish-themed pub in the, you know, in the middle of Naperville, Illinois. I looked it up and it is just breasty girls in very <laughs> tiny kilts and I was just so amused at the fact that my 70 something grandma and great aunt walking in there sitting down being like finally a good old fashioned Scottish pub <laughs> tomorrow one of them was heard to say kill kill we want to cut off her head and fry her liver Oof. love the show support the show patreon.com slash retrospectors Part of the ACAST Creator Network.